podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton. Um, this week, I haven't got Mike Duffy with me. He's tucked up in bed with man flu. Um, he did have a heavy one in the weekend over in Birmingham. Um, so I'm not too sure if that's um, why he's actually missing as well. Um, but I've just heard a voice note from him as well. And I, I didn't think it was possible for Mike to sound more like a brummy than he already did. And it's true. Um, he sounds dreadful and he sounds more brummy. Um, but hopefully feel better soon, Mike. But I am delighted to say that Adam Leventhal is back on and he's here to help me out. Um, Adam, thank you for coming on. And how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm very well. Um yeah, better than Mike by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It obviously wasn't the the carnival of football to to end this first part of the season that we saw um, at Bristol City. But yeah, I'm all right. I think. Yeah, I, I think Watford are, are are pretty well set at the moment. So um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, well, good, thank you. I'm actually pleased you've actually asked me how I am. Michael always forgets how I am, so um, <laughs> never never bothered asking. But yeah, thanks for asking. Um, just quickly as well, you're going over to Qatar to cover for BF Lefbit on the World Cup, aren't you? Uh, I imagine you're heading over in the next couple of days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm 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 heading off very soon. Um, and this week is basically being spent uh, getting myself sorted and all the equipment that I need to take because um, I'll be doing the uh, the daily podcast for the Athletic every day. And also we've got a live uh, video show that will be going out on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook as well, um, which I'll be co-hosting. It'll be a sort of like a, um, a, a dual hosting thing between London and, and Qatar every day. So there's a lot to prepare for. There's lots of sort of various bits of equipment that I've got all over the shop, all, all surrounding me. It looks relatively neat from yeah. what you can see, but I'm surrounded by old bits of microphones and little <laughs> things like this and just wires and all sorts of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm all set and I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to it, but obviously, you know, I'm, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on what's been, what's, what's going to be going on at, at Vicarage road and, and the training ground and beyond, because as we know, there's always, there's always stuff going on with Watford, but, and I, you know, I wrote about it in the athletic, I'm sure we'll, we'll tuck into that, but this is an important break for mm. Watford yes that you know that the World Cup will take centre stage um, and it will sort of fill a lot of people's consciousness and you know they'll be intrigued to see what happens on and off the field in, in Qatar but um, everyone will sort of be wanting to get get back at it in the championship and um, and I understand that as well so yeah I will be um, I'll be keeping I'll be keeping that that plate spinning don't you worry I'm sure you will. I'm sure there's going to be lots of things that you'll be reporting on during these four weeks off in Watford. Like you yeah. say, there's always something going on at Watford. Uh, so we'll be intrigued to see what actually does unfold at Vicarage Road in the next four weeks. Um, but yeah, let's jump straight into it. There's not too much to discuss about this performance away at Bristol City. Um, we we had our first shot on goal within the last 10 minutes. Um, but Watford picked up a point away from home. It's probably a game we've maybe would have lost a few months back. Um, so it shows how far Watford maybe came under Slavin Bilic that we actually stuck to the task. We grinded out, get, got another clean sheet. It's on the road as well. Picked up a point. We've moved up the table. and We've moved up to fourth now. Um, but what did you think of the performance on Saturday, Adam? It was a, It was a pretty sort of 
ugly, ugly game, wasn't it? Um, I'm sure we'll come on to Dan Gosling a little bit later on because I think that overshadowed the, the, the whole thing, seeing him go off with that injury. Um, but you're right. I think that the the fact that it sort of followed a, a similar trend to a lot of the other games that we've seen, especially away from home with with the home side, with their with their tails up, playing with a bit of confidence, thinking, right, come on, we're going to get out, get out Watford. Um, and they did that and they had a couple of early opportunities, but they didn't take them. So mm. they weathered the storm. And then I thought that they looked relatively sort of under control after that, but they didn't really have that creativity. Obviously, Saar and, and João Pedro weren't there. Uh, Yasser Aspria wasn't there either in the first half and, and then into the second half. So they were lacking that spark. And I thought just overall, just sort of an overarching thing, I think they were they were pretty knackered, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, it's been, a, it's been a frenetic old period. I think it's like 11 games in 40 days or something like that. I think I, I put the stat in the, in, the, in the piece that I did lately. Um, and I think that they just looked like they were, they were ready to get to the, just get to the end of the game. And they battled hard. And I thought that there were a couple of good performances in there. I don't think it was the performance at all. It was it was very frustrating. There wasn't that sort of punch. There wasn't that flow of chances, which you, you would love to see. But there were other elements of the performance in terms of, you know, the commitment that I thought was impressive. And and also, let's give, you know, a word to Daniel Backman as well. That save that he pulled off in the second half was a brilliant diving save just to his right-hand side on the on the bounce as well. Um, so everyone contributed to getting a vital point. And let's not forget, at the end of the season, that point might be the difference between, you know, seventh and playoffs or playoffs and, and automatic promotion. So it's a valuable one. And you're right, it's one that we probably, at the beginning of Bilic's reign, and we saw them, we probably would have lost. You know, I'm thinking Blackpool, I'm thinking especially Millwall. It sort of had that feel of Millwall. If they conceded early, they could have conceded more and they didn't. So, yeah, they, they weathered the storm, they got through it and they got the point. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. It is, yeah. Win, uh, win your home games, draw your away. They say that's good enough for promotion. We'll see at the end of the season. But, um, yeah, fantastic save from Daniel Batman down on his right-hand side to save um, that header from his con- fellow countryman, wasn't it, um, Andre? Uh, uh, Byman, fantastic yeah. save. He just ran onto that at the far post and he dipped it around the corner, which is fantastic. But yeah, it's like you say, Watford lacked that creativity a little bit. We struggled, especially in that first half, I thought, to get anything going. I thought Dan- uh, Keenan Davis was a bit isolated up top, mm. but everyone was, we weren't close enough to him and he struggled. Normally you'd have Joe Pedro playing balls off him to. Um, get closer up the pitch, but we just lacked that intensity and creativity. But do you think it was maybe, I don't know if it might be a bit harsh for Kalu, but maybe a missed opportunity for Kalu. We've seen him come off the bench and he, he's looked good and he's created opportunities, but he didn't really take his chance on Saturday. But do you do you feel that's maybe harsh because the rest of the team maybe didn't help him out? Yeah, I think, it, I, I think maybe it, it might be a bit harsh on him. I think... You know, maybe at this stage of his Watford career, and we've seen we've seen it so far. He's actually probably more useful as a, as an impact sub, isn't he? And and to come on, fresh pair of legs, you know, tiring fullbacks or central defenders, thinking, oh, right, okay, we've got to deal with him now. You know, a box of tricks, and and he's sort of he's getting more and more confident, um, and he has played his part in in you know recent recent victories um, for Watford at home. 
uh, in particular. Um, and where else did he do well? He did well at Cardiff as well. He, he, all those all those tricks that then led to the was it was it Wigan was it Wigan when he did all those tricks uh, and Wigan, then yeah. yeah it was at Wigan wasn't it and and then the corner came from that and and Gerard Pedro scored. Um, so yeah, look maybe maybe people might have been expecting you know having seen some encouraging signs for him to come on and then you know dominate a game, but I think you know the circumstances around him, the fact that he didn't have Aspria or he didn't have Gerard Pedro um, or he wasn't you know on the field when, when Saar was on the field, for example. So there, you know, there were mitigating factors to the fact that, you know, he wasn't necessarily able to perform as well as he would have liked. And, and obviously the knock-on effect um, from the absences of, of Joao Pedro and from Aspria was that there was a reshuffle in midfield as well. So I think initially Kayembe was playing a little bit further forward and um, Gosling and, and Chowdhury were sort of more, anchoring and then there was a little bit of a switch back I saw Gosling a little bit more advanced but so it was a little bit of a higgledy-piggledy lineup and 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 that game it just wasn't the one for necessarily anyone to shine I don't think Ken Semmer for example shone and and you mentioned Keenan Davis he yes he was looking a bit isolated so I think everyone was just sort of it felt like everyone was just sort of getting over the line in that game and yes it wasn't it wasn't clicking so I wouldn't I wouldn't single out Kalu too much and I think that after the international break once he's you know continued to work on his fitness then I'm sure he can continue to be an asset probably most likely from the bench yeah well more minutes for him which is was great yeah. to help his fitness up as well um but yeah the Carol Caroline's popped up with com- comments saying we struggled to get the ball over halfway line until the introduction of the substitutions of a uh, particular Joel Pedro but I thought even um Ismail Asai just injected that pace into the side which we lacked in that first half but it was in that second half, Adam, when we saw that horrible injury for Dan Goslin. Uh, he went down in so much pain, banging the floor, and you could see the frustration from him. And it, it, we're led to believe it is a, a ruptured Achilles. Um, yeah. But it, it's so sad to see that happen to, especially someone like Dan Goslin, who who was out the picture. He came in, played out of position, didn't moan about it, got on with the job and delivered. He actually kept Mario Gasper out the side and then. He's played in the middle at Cardiff as well when Ch- Chowdhury was out suspended. I mean, just to see him to pick up that um, injury was just, it, it's so disappointing to see for a professional like Dan Goslin, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, yeah. And and he's, you know, he's he's someone that has, you know, led by example, even if he hasn't been featuring, you know, he's always someone that I've heard about, you know, even over the last sort of 18 months that, he's always one that performs on the field, on the training pitch, even if he's not playing. And, you know, the fact now that he had been given that opportunity and he'd he'd sort of um, gone the extra mile in a position that he wouldn't ideally have been playing in, but he'd, he'd done his job and he'd, he'd looked solid in that right-back position. And then he'd stepped into midfield for it to happen so late and before a break as well. It's just cruel, isn't it? That's, that is football, though. Um, and, you know, he will know that. And I guess he just has to sort of now just hope that the, the recovery period isn't isn't too much. But, yeah, it's a, it's a ruptured Achilles. It's a terrible injury. It's a difficult injury to get, get over. Um, I think that the nature of the, the moment as well, I think every, everyone that was watching the, the TV pictures in particular would have seen the angst and the anger and, and been wondering why... what. What's happened? Is it was he angry because he wanted to be going off, or was he in shock? Was he thinking, oh, you know, has someone has someone sort of 
um, kicked me or something, or was it the pop of my Achilles or whatever it was? It it was really difficult to watch, wasn't it? And 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 that's what makes it even more distressing um, that he's missing. And we saw all the messages from you know that his teammates all wishing him well because he's a popular guy. He's always sort of he's always been someone that has set the tone in terms of the intensity of the tackles in particular, not necessarily due to, you know, he's, he's not, he's not the quickest, um, but he's always the most committed on the field. And that's what makes it not only a loss for him personally, but a loss for the team as well, because even though Watford haven't been, you know, playing however much the chant has been there, it hasn't really been that sexy a lot of football, um, but he has always (laughs) been there fully committed and, and, they they are going to miss him because he's he's that sort of utility player that the championship um championship seasons need and you know they will go they will it will be very difficult to replace a player uh, like Dan Gosling even though he wasn't necessarily playing in any in any particular position or or was always just sort of being thrown around and and uh slotted in wherever Billich wanted him or you know Rob Edwards wanted him or whatever um so yeah it's it's really disappointing and just fingers crossed that his recovery can can go well because he is he is out of contract in the summer as well so there's that whole sort of issue of whether he's going to get his his contract renewed or not and you know it's just it's just a whole combination a perfect storm of 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 disappointment really for for Watford fans for Dan Gosling for the club you know for everyone yeah it's such a shame to see it happen to someone like Dan Gosling I think mm. um Slaven Bilic said in one of the interviews the other day, um, saying about how he does all the stuff that no one really recognises, and he, he ran the most in the game as well. I think it was like eleven yeah. um, k. He, he picked up. I think it might have been in that um, Cardiff game actually. Yeah. But he, I, yeah. I've likened him to when I was speaking to Mike last week. He's like our James Milner, who would always give you a hundred to ten percent. He'll run uh, run through walls for you. And he'll play out a position for you, and he wouldn't. He won't mind. He'll just do the job that is required. And it's it's such a shame, especially when you look at our side at the moment in that right back area. And I know it's been highlighted in the summer about how we wanted, well, whether we wanted to bring in someone else in that area when we just had Mario Gaspar and Jeremy Ngakia who, who picked up injuries in pre-season and then he wasn't fit to start the season. Um, so it's just frustrating that it's happened again. But isn't Jeremy Ngakia, he's working on his fitness. He, he might be available to travel with the squad over in Spain as well, Adam. And it's maybe Billich might want to work on him to try and get him up to speed for a return of the championship fixtures after the World Cup. Yeah, that that's the plan. I mean, I think that his his absence, I think he's only featured once this season. Um, his absence has gone on, you know, far longer than people would have expected. And I mean, that, that's been a common theme at, at Watford, hasn't it? Over the last 18 months, you know, you might be out for a, a couple of weeks or or he should be back soon. And then months go by and you think, well, where are they? Um, and I think Jeremy Ngakia fits into that. I think there's been moves behind the scenes to, to try and get the... Um, the rehab and you know injury protect uh, injury prevention issues sorted more, and I think you know Jeremy Ngakia falls into that that bracket of player that's been missing far too long. Um, he's been back. Um, he has been training prior to to the break. Uh, Slavon Bilic spoke about it before um, the game against Bristol City, and he is someone that could have played against Bristol City but I think they they thought right well let's come on it's only one more game he can 
you know, let's let's give him a bit more time, make sure that he is fit to hit the ground running afterwards against Hull. Um, and Huddersfield is the, is the game after that. So, yeah, he is he's now in that position um, to, to hopefully play some games during this pre-season, winter pre-season, let's call it, <laughs> um, and then compete against um, Mario Gaspar, who I think Slavon Bilic has been more impressed with than when he arrived. And I think if you look back at when he arrived at the club in the summer, I don't think he was really up to speed. Um, but also, I think that sometimes you, you have to take into consideration when a when a player has been at even just just simply in another country, it takes time to adapt to 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 being in a new country wherever you're going. Um, and also, I think the fact that he hadn't been playing as much as he would have liked, I think that also has an impact. Um, and the fact that he'd been at Villarreal for like 12 years or whatever it is, I think that also sort of um, can, can impact how quickly you can you can adapt. But I think he's certainly um, a more reliable proposition. But going back to the, the point that you mentioned, and I know you know it might have been contested elsewhere in, in, in other outlets and things like that, but what I wrote about in the summer um, about the search for the right back... It, that that was all that was all what was happening you know they were looking for a, another right back um the the situation which actually Jeremy Ngaki was one of the pieces of the jigsaw was he going to go to Hull where well, he didn't end up going he then end up, ended up staying in in Kiko Femenia leaving they sort of went oh we we got anyone there well yeah okay yeah well it's not technically a swap deal but Mario Gaspar came came in the other direction but there was also other options that they were looking at um so it wasn't something that was dealt with in in the smoothest way, and it could have had a different outcome. And Watford could have been in a better position in that in that um, in that position. Um, and I think if you look back at the the last game at home against Reading, um, and th- this isn't a downer on Dan Gosling at all, but there were moments in that game where it was very noticeable that 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 Watford's attacking ambitions were being hindered by the fact that Dan Gosling is not one that likes to go forward. It was very much he would only go over the halfway line. Yes, he may have well been just doing what he was told and being disciplined, but Watford weren't operating in the way that they could have done if they had more of a an active, dynamic right-back. And going back to your original point, hopefully Jeremy Ngaki can be that, that player. Um, and Slavon Bilic has said, yes, you know, attacking-wise, he's... He's good. We, we've got confidence that he can be that player. Defensively, we just still have to wait and see if he's if he's the man. But he did, you know, he, he was speaking to us um, prior to prior to the game against Bristol City, and he was saying, "Well, look, if he's good enough to have been playing for um, David Moyes three years ago, then he should be good enough for us." And I think if you look at what Slavon Bilic has been able to do to a lot of the players, is just to give them a bit more of a solid footing, give them a bit more confidence. And hopefully he can just get behind uh, Ngakia. And, you know, maybe if he brings in the likes of uh, Julian Dix to, to help, and who obviously played as a, as a fullback, um, you know, to have a have a word in his ear and say, come on, you know, you can do it. Let's, let's do this, work on this, work on that. Then hopefully he can just solidify because he was looking good back with uh, Vladimir Ivic way back. He looked like a, you know, a bit of a find and a, and a good player. Then had a sort of couple of difficult seasons Hopefully he can get back on track and be the be the player that everyone was expecting him to be. So, yeah, he's got a chance now because it's it's certainly not going to be Dan Gosling pitching up in that position. 
yeah, it's a fantastic opportunity for Jerry Ngakia to to crack on with his career at Watford. Um, big chance for him to get into that starting lineup. And I, I see what you mean about the Reading games and other games with Dan Gosling has filled in at that right. But it, it's like we've seen before with the chemistry of like Ismail Lassar and Kiko Feminia down at right side, where Kiko would be that overlapping fullback. Uh, and we've not had that with Dan Gosling. So hopefully Jeremy Ngakia can offer that for Watford and it will give us a new dimension as well because at the moment it just seems like like you say I don't want to get over that halfway line because they're doing a job defensively been brilliant we've been picking up these clean sheets yeah. um, but just want to help out going forward don't we and get those crosses into a box for like a Keenan Davis to get on the end of it um, but it's been a decent start for Slavin Bilic um, after 21 games in the championship Watford at the moment we sit fourth um Billich has had 11 games in charge at Watford, but he's he took over at a time where performances weren't great. I don't think we had an overall performance under Rob Edwards where fans were walking away satisfied with the team's performance. But Slavin Billich has came in, he's given that to Watford fans. He's, he's actually maybe brought the fans on side because it, it must have been a difficult time for Billich to take over after Rob Edwards getting the boot and he's came in and it, well, it was within 15 minutes the appointment was made. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, you couldn't really get your head around it. But he, he's taken to it like that to water and he, he's done really well. Um, like I say, got Watford up to fourth. Watford would have taken it all day long to go into the World Cup break after the start we've had to be fourth in the league. Um, how do you think Slavin Bilic has fared in those first 11 games? Well, yeah, I, look, I think in terms of of the um, the actual uplift that he's he's given Watford, it has been what, what the doctor ordered or what, what certainly Gino had ordered. You know, it was, it was Watford were 10th when Rob Edwards uh, was sacked. I think they'd only won, what was it? Three, yeah, three wins they'd had. Um, they'd drawn five and they'd lost two. It's now um, 11 games under Billich. They've won six, drawn only the one. That was the first draw this weekend and they, and they lost four. And those four defeats obviously came relatively early. I know they had the recent one against uh, Coventry. And that was at a time when Bilic was was just trying to get to grips with, with things. Um, but you always had that confidence that he, he, was, he was confident that he knew what needed to be sorted out. And I think that he, he managed to connect with the players relatively quickly. I think they looked at him and thought, Right, he he knows what he's doing. His staff know what know what they're doing, um, and he just managed to sort of, I think, just give everyone a little bit of a, um, a bit of a sort of an arm around the shoulder to say, look, I know that we're in a, another turbulent period, but we've got enough quality in this side to do it, um, and and I think you know you have to give him a lot of credit as well that he also, in the same way that Rob Edwards was having to deal with the. I suppose the most no- notable disruption was, you know, Joao Pedro and Ishmael Assar potentially leaving, which was which was difficult for him, and then having to deal with all the transition of the players. Slavon Bilic had to deal with quite a lot of injuries, didn't he? And 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 disruption in 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 that regard, especially in defence. Um, you know, obviously we, we've spoken about the right back position as well. So it it hasn't been easy for him, but I think that he's maybe just got a little bit more oomph to him as well in terms of what he's telling the players to do in game 
Um, and I think that that has made a bit of a difference. I think we have seen little, little sort of tinkers that have been made in terms of what he and his staff have done in terms of um, set pieces and things like that. There's, they've, they've had more impact from, you know, from corners and, you know, a couple of nicely worked ones, one against Luton, obviously, um, against Cardiff as well. Um, so, yeah, I think there, ha- there has been a gradual sort of improvement in the side and just that sort of, they've just had a bit more swagger to them. The swagger that you would expect a Premier League team who's dropped down to then come back. But but you also have to keep in mind the fact that it, it has taken time for those players to shake off that miserable season from last season and to, to actually be able to develop any sort of confidence for, from the season that had just gone before was, was pretty difficult. Um, so I think, you know, Rob Edwards might have had to, in a similar way to... Vladimir Ivic might have had to do the sort of the, the really difficult stuff and then Shisko could kick on with a bit more of a happy happy feeling. It obviously came a bit earlier for, for Slavon Bilic, but I think the, 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 the main thing with Bilic is, if you look at it now, Watford probably for the very first time under, um, under the, the, the Pozzo regime have got a manager in the championship that you could see in a Premier League dugout being a success, I think. And because I still don't look at that season when we initially went up, when there, when we had, you know, obviously started off with um, Sinino and then had Garcia and McKinley and then went into Jukanovic. I thought that that was a season where the players were almost too good for the division and they they just managed to, to kick on. Yes, Jukanovic did play his part. I understand that. But I think there was never a real sort of certainty as to whether he was, whether it was more the players or, or, or him that was were having more of an impact. Um, and then when Watford went up last time, the, there was always a doubt as to whether Shisko was was the man in the Premier League. Would he be able to kick on? But now, if you look at it and you go right, okay, Bilic has 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 managed to sort of grab hold of things, make them a, a tougher team to beat. Um, they're winning games. They're winning games a little bit with with higher degrees of margin, which is something that they weren't able to do with Rob Edwards. And hopefully he was always looking forward to this World Cup break to have even more of an impact and work them a bit harder, um, get their fitness up to the levels that he would like, be able to get them playing in his image a little bit more. And then hopefully they'll be able to battle and again, hopefully be able to to get some sort of um, promotion via the playoffs or automatic promotion. And then you could see him as a Premier League manager. That's the big thing, I think. So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of water to go under the bridge before between now and you know the end of the season. But things are looking a little bit more. I don't know. There's a bit more belief in the team and the and the the head coach, just knowing that he's been there and done it. I think that's probably I could have made that answer a lot shorter. You know, he's been there and done it, and that is that gives everyone a bit more confidence. I think because it was difficult for Rob Edwards because he was stepping into new terrain at a very weird and difficult club. So, you know, it's, it's, I think maybe Bilic has got broader shoulders. He's, you know, he's been in big, you know, intense atmospheres and situations before. So yeah, I think he's probably on a, on a more solid footing to be able to deal with, with all of this. Well, they've put himself in a great position if they do want to mm. kick on and, and like you say, get that um, playoff position to maybe, 
fight for promotion or to match it promotion. Um, I think we all would have taken this at the start of the season. If he offered to us, it would be fourth going into World Cup break. Um, so I know I'm, I'm delighted with that. And performances are getting better. And like you say, heading over to Spain soon for the international, well, the World Cup break, it's a great chance for Billich to get his ideas across, for him to get to know his players more. We've, we've heard about him having that meeting with Joe Pedro. Um, last week prior to the Reading game about how he wants him to get into the box more and that's how he's going to um, get his numbers up and we saw him implement that straight away with that lovely finish he put in front of the rookery end uh, but Caroline's came up with a comment saying what the picked up with the performance and results recently will the international break stop off flow or has it come at the perfect time to allow our um, injured players more time to recover uh, what, what do you reckon Adam? Um I think it's, to be honest, I think everyone probably needed a bit of a breather. I think that, I think Slavon Bilic will, you know, he was speaking about the fact that he could see his side knew how to win a bit more. They they were stepping onto the field and thinking, right, we know what we're doing here. We know what we're supposed to be. Um, uh, we, we're understanding what we're supposed to be doing and we look as if we're going to be more dangerous in games. But I think in, for the longer term, yes, you know, it, it was good in the short term to just get on a bit of a run. I think he would probably sort of swap, um, you know, a little bit of loss of of momentum for a longer term plan and strategy, getting those players back. The fact that he should be able to have the likes of Ngakia back in the mix, Raymanai as well, who, who can come back in as well, just as an extra option for the you know the busy christmas period um and some of the other players that would have been working on their fitness and sort of nursing injuries through that recent run um and just just having a bit of a breather i think is good for good for everyone um so yeah they would have liked to have obviously kicked on but then you think well look we, we saw the game against bristol city and they did look they did look like they just needed a bit of bit of time off um so i think that they will they will feel a great amount of confidence to be well set. They even went up a position by, you know, drawing at Bristol City because of Norwich's late yeah. defeat. So, you know, I, I think that I think they're well set at the moment. And I think the work that they can do, the games that they can play, they're supposed to be playing um Elche whilst they're out there in in Spain. That, that, that's that's it's not one hundred percent confirmed that because I think Elche are in a little bit of turmoil at the moment, but um, that should be happening. And then they're set to play Arsenal when they come back. So that'll be a good test as well, just, you know, between the the, the London Colney neighbours. Um, so, yeah, it will feel like a, a pre It's going to be weird. I mean, everything's weird at the moment. We're playing a, a summer World Cup in the winter and then we're having a, a you know, a, a winter pre-season, which we should have been having in the summer. So it's, it's all sort of, it's all higgledy-piggledy really. So, um but I think that, you know, Bilic will have a breather. He'll go home. He's he's having a bit of time with his family, as is his staff. Some of the players have gone away. Joao Pedro is already in Dubai, I think. And some of the other players will be playing games for the teams that aren't uh, necessarily playing in Qatar. They're playing some warm-up games and things like that. I've got all of this in this latest piece that I've done for The Athletic, which you can read. Um, but yeah, I think I think everyone's going to be... It's almost like having a second start to the season, which I think it will be... It'll be interesting. I think it'll, it gives you an extra extra oomph. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing what the atmospheres are going to be like in those in those games over Christmas because everyone, 
I think I'm sure that I'm sure the World Cup will be uh, entertaining for people. Um, mm. And you know, as the as the nights, I'm just you know, looking out the window now. It's all dark and dreary and everything. And mm. I know there's Christmas parties and everyone likes going out at Christmas and all that sort of stuff. But I think when when maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just going to get home. It's cold. You know, I'm watching watching the World Cup in the winter. It might have a it might have that sort of it, it might it might feel a bit different and a bit special and, and things like that. Putting aside all the political side of things, um, so when the when the domestic football starts again, I think there will be a a real sort of excitement and and um, desire to see Watford kick on. So I'm looking forward to the next the next the next few weeks, and then obviously kicking on to all those games over Christmas. Yeah, next few weeks, and it's going to be a busy few weeks with Watford as well, because uh, obviously you, you've you've run a few reports with the Athletic, and um, new sporting director potentially incoming, uh, Ben Manga. Yeah. Um, is there much more you know about that? I know you said something about he might come with a, an assistant as well. Um, and would he be would he be thrown into the deep end straight away on terms of recruitment? Because January's not too far away, is it? No, I th- look. I think there's there, there's a few things that need to be sort of ironed out, and I think that probably they were aiming to have a bit of breathing space over over this international break, uh, this initial period um, when there are international games going on, and then they've got the time in Spain if they want to sort of make any. It's a bit like <laughs> it's a bit like the uh, the government, isn't it? Having a sort of a cabinet reshuffle and things like that. There's been so many of them recently. Um, the the, the I, as I understand it, Ben Manga is is going to come in. The the contracts are being sort of nailed down and sorted. Um, what his official title is going to be when it's it's released into the into the public domain, I'm not quite sure yet. But as I understand it, sporting director is being discussed. I don't know what impact that has on on Cristiano Giretta. Um, I don't know if if things are going to be redesigned and, and you know, he's, he stays in, in situ or he has a different role or, or whatever. I don't know that yet. Um, but what I do know and what I've reported, you know, right from the beginning, initially, it was initially flagged in, in Germany and then I did a bit more digging myself um, and, you know, I've followed it up in that latest piece is, yeah, he, he's set to bring someone with him as well. So that that says to me that there's going to be, a bit more thought put into the recruitment structure because there has been some changes behind the scenes. Um, there was uh, Lorenzo Gavanini who um, went to Spurs. Um, that was well, a couple of months ago. And he was quite a senior guy behind the scenes at, at Watford. Um, so they lost, you know, one of those key, key elements before. Um, and so they've, they've had to do a bit of work on that. So, I think they they would want to get it done. Then they can review the positions that they might want to strengthen in during this period, and then be relatively well set for for January. I don't think there's going to be a massive amount of signings because I don't think that you can you can really do too much business one in January and two in the Championship. Uh, players would want to know that they're coming to a Premier League team, and and not not many will necessarily want to come to a, to a Championship team. So. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be sorted out, but it's it's moving in that direction to have a, a bit of a change, a bit of a reshuffle, and that was that's what's been needed um, because it hasn't necessarily been. It's been quite a turbulent time behind the scenes uh, in terms of recruitment and th- and things like that. So, 
um, yeah, I think it's welcome. Yeah, and another thing maybe moving in the right direction as well for Watford um, is the potential um, investor from the US. Um, mm. There's talks of them wanting to buy a bigger stake at Udinese, and maybe a potential 10% stake at Watford. And then also, uh, I hate to throw in a mix, a Spanish side um, over in um, the third tier over in Spain. Is it Sabadell? Um, yeah. They're potentially looking to buy that as well. So, Tell me about what you know about all of that. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a Everything. tricky one. I mean, I, I think that the, the you know the main point that you made there is that um, the the premise is at the moment that there are talks going on, and there have been for a, a number of weeks. You know, I mean, to be honest, that, that there have been you know interactions over the last sort of eighteen months, couple of years, in terms of of potential investment. And I guess that applies to so many teams up and down the country. Um, but there have been talks with um, interested parties from from the US. Uh, the premise on this sort of active one, as we understand it, is that a significant share, as you mentioned, in, in Udinese with a, a initial smaller share in in Watford. But then that might then be ratcheted up if Watford were to win promotion to the Premier League. Uh, and I think that would probably be attractive to to all parties. So that's something that we're keeping a very close eye on. But it's it, it's difficult in these sort of financial stories because there is so much secrecy to it. Um, you know, there'll be due diligence going on behind the scenes uh, from the you know the US looking at at, at Udinese and looking at Watford. Um, and it's not a, it's not a, an easy deal to do when you're also potentially looking into you know more than one club and you know a, a group is almost being established for this investment to, to come in with the the acquisition of Sabadell um so it's it's something that we're we're obviously keeping a very close eye on in uh on the athletic and you know we've we've got the opportunity to look at that from from so many different angles because of because of who we are and you know obviously we we've got uh, great connections in in the states uh, being a, a US company initially, so yeah, it's one that is developing, and we're 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 keeping a very very close eye on. And I think it, I think it's exciting, really, for for Watford fans on a number of levels. Really, most notably, if there is the option to have um, help with cash flow, then that's great. I think having seen some of the, um, I think sort of clear difficulties they've had in terms of of governance and and hierarchical situations basically just all coming down to to what Gino does and and maybe some of his um you know close allies and you know with with Moji Bayat and, and things like that and how it all works and the dynamic and, and stuff like that if you're having to sort of just define things a bit more clearly because you've got investment from elsewhere I think that's a that's a positive step um so yeah, there is every chance, and it has happened in the past, that things don't don't fall as as you know as the potsos would like or as the investor would like. Um, but I think that this is probably the most um, clear and um, notable moment that we've seen, whereby we know that Watford is available in some form to be invested in. Um, and we know that it is happening behind the scenes. Um, 
but we're just waiting to see if it actually gets over the line. And I think that that's always the case with with these investment stories, that it's it's difficult. It's difficult to get the deals done. And there are many moments when things can fall over. So we'll just get, we'll just be keeping a very close eye on it. Well, it'll be an interesting few weeks and months ahead for Watford Football Club then. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back into the championship again after yeah. the World Cup break, just like you are. Um, it, it was great to see how many Watford fans actually travelled to Bristol City at the yeah. weekend. Yeah. Over 2,000 fans. That just shows that Watford fans are going to miss following their team for a few weeks but I'm sure when it returns we'll be back in our numbers but Adam thank you so much for joining me today it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on um it's it's you got any more pieces coming up for the athletics soon or is it just full focus on the world cup and if anything breaks for Watford you'll be reporting it well look I think there's certainly going to be yeah there'll, there'll be continued coverage on on Watford issues throughout the world cup um and some of those will probably be generated from the World Cup. You know, I'll be I'll be out there when when Ishmael Assar is is there. I'll be going along to see what's happening with with Senegal. Um, I'm, I'm interested in you know a few other players that will be um, you know at the World Cup that were sort of f- either formally with Watford or or you know potentially might be coming to Watford in in the future you know just little little stories like Nicholas and Kulu for example who who was obviously at, you know at Watford briefly last season he's back in the, the Cameroon squad um who he hadn't played for 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 quite some time um and look over the next week there's there's internationals that are are going to be happening William Trustecong of course is is going to be taking on Portugal and Cristiano Ronaldo, who's who's never out of the, the headlines. So, and and also there's going to be so many people in particular, you know, out at the tournament, um, you know, be it, you know, administrators, players, managers, ex-coaches, agents, all that sort of stuff. There's, so, there's going to be so much um, stuff going on, obviously on an international level, but a club level as well. Um, so yeah, there's there will be, there will be plenty of things going on and obviously the main you know the main things like investment or or you know ben manga coming in or players coming in or news on injuries or or whatever it is we will be keeping tabs on it on the athletic in addition to to covering the world cup because i think everyone will will be interested and in, and you know focusing obviously in this in this country in the uk on on um you know how england are doing how wales are doing um and obviously they're going head to head as well. So it will be it will be a nice little hiatus with plenty of football going on. But soon we will be back um, yeah, getting our teeth into the action at Vicarage Road and beyond. And I think that's what everyone, every every Watford fans can't can't wait for, even though we've only just well, it's the, almost, you know, the game has only just really finished at, at Ashton Gate. So, yeah, we're ready for the action, but we have to wait a little bit, but it won't be too long. They're still probably playing at Ashton Gate and it's still probably nil-nil at the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, but was, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for coming idea. on, Adam. Sounds like you're going to be a busy guy in the next few weeks or months. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe button. Mike still wants us to hit 300 subscribers before Christmas. Um, last week, we did get some more, so it'd be much appreciated if you do hit that subscribe button. And me and Mike will be back probably during the World Cup break. If anything does happen, what we're related, if Adam says anything that's happened, me and Mike will be back to report on it. Um, but yeah, stay safe, everyone, and come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.